John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome to episode number 68 of Fantasy Fuel. We're starting to get up there. You've been working some overtime, Mr. Tom (laughs) Tuttle, on your shuffling the decks. How are you today? (laughs) I'm good. Let's let's talk a little bit about, well, I'm sure we're going to do some news first, but I'm ready to talk about some of these rookies. Yes, uh, we had our live draft. segment last weekend we stayed up for the whole thing we had some hiccups (laughs) at the beginning and anybody that uh listened to us watched us thank you for joining us that is why we did not have a actual full episode last week yeah we made it we were tired the next day but it was worth it it was fun (laughs) and yeah thanks for listening and watching us last week it was it was a good time so Mm -hmm. without any further ado that their uh that their national football league eh Yeah, we got a little bit of news, and guess what? We're going to start off with... Cringeworthy Player of the Week. And again, it might not be a specific player that's cringeworthy. (laughs) I'm going with an entire organization and maybe just a GM... I have so much news that covers this one specific event that happened, the NFL draft last Thursday, and that was the drafting of Daniel Jones by the New York Giants at the number six Mm -hmm. overall pick. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we saw some of those video snippets of the (laughs) Giants fans with their hands on their heads going, what's going on here? And... (laughs) It didn't stop with just, you know, average Joe fan. A certain someone, uh, famous someone, especially right now, uh, George R.R. Martin, the creator of the Game of Thrones books and, you know, the series that is, you know, about to resolve itself. He's a Giants fan. And even he ripped into the team for (laughs) drafting Daniel Jones at number six overall. So that... Uh. When when uh, a fantasy writer can't even get over the mm-hmm. fact that you took a guy that probably should have fallen even farther yeah. in the draft, and this yeah. leads me into the next point. I'm gonna let you speak on this, Tom. I got a lot to unpack here first. <laughs> uh, Dave Gettleman, the Giants GM, he said there were a couple of teams that were probably going to draft Daniel Daniel Jones before their second pick at 17. But there are nobody, nobody's coming forward and saying, yeah, yeah, we would have taken him. And (laughs) one of those people, uh, teams that everybody thought could have taken him were the Redskins who ended up taking Dwayne Haskins. Right. And the Redskins, Bruce Allen, uh, said about Gettleman that I'm almost positive Dave has no clue what our draft board would be. I'm not done. <laughs> Dave oh. Gettleman thought Dwayne Haskins played in the Big 12. When oh, he's actually no. from the Big 10, of course. Oh, man. That's not all. <laughs> Dave Gettleman defended drafting Daniel Jones 
because a Giants fan at a bagel sh- a bagel shop said it was a good pick. I'm going to read this. This is what? a tweet I saw earlier. Uh, I don't know how true this is. It seems <laughs> like a valid source. This is a odd travel weekend, and I was writing outside on a lovely early Sunday morning in Phoenix at a table in the back of my hotel. Middle-aged guy approaches, introduces himself. Giants fan, the guy said. Talk me off the ledge. Does Gettleman know what he's doing? I'll give you one. Gettleman himself said over the phone an hour later. I was at my bagel shop this morning. Guy said to me, Dave, great pick. Unreal. (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, I... It is almost unbelievable. Like it didn't actually happen. That's <laughs> like, just so I, crazy. I don't. I, I think the thing is, is you picked him early. If you wanted him, and you were afraid that he was going to be taken before the seventeenth pick or whatever it was, then maybe you just trade back a little bit. I mean, it's just a little bit. Right? I mean, that was just a little too early for him, and I mean, yeah. everybody knew it. But whatever. If that was your guy go for it but i feel like they could have got him with that with their second pick you know i said that during the draft yes, you did we <laughs> both were like okay yeah. i think he would have fallen but yeah whatever well here's one stat that just i'm gonna get everybody thinking uh, out of 58 quarterbacks selected in the first round over the previous 20 seasons daniel jones career 6.2 yard 6.2 yards Average yards per attempt is equal or better than just Jake Locker, Patrick Ramsey, and Kyle Bowler. Mm. 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 Man, <laughs> them are them are some unrecognizable names. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know all of them, but that's just their the normal regular fan is not going to know who they are. Those are not any type of gunslingers. They are no. not names that have struck fear in the hearts of their opponents. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I just don't understand. I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. (laughs) It's a very young quarterback group in the NFC East now. And yes, Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz are the veterans and they've played for three years. (laughs) It's it's weird. Well, uh, Carson Wentz says played for less than three years well, well, well. let's let's be honest Eli Manning's also still the starting quarterback but he doesn't strike fear in the hearts of any of his <laughs> opponents anymore either so right uh, but enough Giants trashing I didn't really <laughs> mean to go that far but it's kind of hard not to uh, a couple other draft player news before we get to our top 10 landing spots in this <laughs> year's NFL draft mm-hmm. First one is Jaguars defensive end Josh Allen, who I believe was a steal in this draft, falling all the way to seven. Yeah, the Jaguars. No he he told the local media he couldn't jump up and celebrate when the Jags took him at seven because he was watching Monsters University on his phone with his son Wesley. Wow, what well, uh, that's that's a great movie. Yep, like, what can you say? <laughs> great movie, great dad, because. Yeah, yeah, that's he awesome. doesn't know what's going on, so it's more important to do stuff with your kid. You know, you can always celebrate. You you know what's going on through your mind. You don't have to pay attention to Monsters University. <laughs> you can have your thoughts wander <laughs> a little bit, but cool move for him. You know, sticking with his whatever his son was watching. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. 
Uh, and the other news I wanted to discuss was, well, here's a question for you, Tom. Okay. Who do you think, I'm not saying specifically, but, you know, like, what position or, you know, like, uh, who do you think would be the first person to sign a contract from this year's rookie class? Um, the, I have no idea. I, don't, <laughs> I know it's a weird question, but yeah, it's also got a weird answer because I okay. was like, oh, well, that's interesting because the 49ers have already signed their rookie punter to a four-year deal. <laughs> <laughs> they lock him down yes yes that's the guy you gotta get for sure that's right uh i did see that irv smith jr the tight end that got drafted by minnesota he's also actually signed a deal already too so okay he is on top of things and he is the Mm -hmm. highest person highest drafted person to sign his deal but yeah gotta get that punter in (laughs) (laughs) and let's get on to the meat of the program and we're going to talk about uh, Tom and I's top 10 landing spots. There's mm-hmm. some similarities here, but there's a few guys that yeah. we are not the same on. And <laughs> yeah. we will start off with our number 10, and they are definitely uh, the furthest <laughs> from each other. I have uh, Kahale Waring. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his first name correctly yeah. i haven't heard it said by anybody yet yeah it's a tough one he's the tight end that was drafted by the texans and yep. he seems like he's a, a good guy that can uh, get in some space down the seam and sean watson could really use a guy like that he's got he's always had the outside guys will fuller deandre hopkins but he hasn't had that guy that you can rely on in the slot you know like with carson wentz and zach Ertz. If Kahale Waring can do anything close to what Zach Ertz can do, that is going to be a great combo. Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing is, is with with the Texans, they've never really had a reliable tight end. Right. So it kind of makes sense. I understand it. Um, I don't – it's definitely an under-the-radar pick. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> because it, nobody's really 10. talking about it. <laughs> but – and then you never know when Will Fuller is going to get hurt, too, because, right. I mean, he's kind of got that injury-prone kind of thing. So it's not a bad – I don't I don't mind it. I like it to a certain extent. But it, it, I, I'll say this. When it comes to tight ends and rookies, and I'll, I don't have any tight ends on my list. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know you have more than just him. Oh, yeah. But um, the reason I don't, have any tight ends because history says that rookie tight ends don't produce very well the only one that's had 60 or more receptions in that rookie year is evan ingram and we all know that that was because everybody got hurt yes (laughs) and he was the only one out there yep and then the the next highest was jermaine gresham um with 52 catches and that was back in 2010 it's been fairly mediocre or less than average um with everybody else. So that's why I don't put a lot of stock in the uh, tight ends, uh, rookie ones, but I do think that this is a different type of class. Cause there's more than just one standout tight end this year. There's three or four of them. Yep. So uh, I, I understand it. This uh, is kind of like, and it's probably long overdue or I'm just 
talking out my butt here. Um, <laughs> no, no, this is kind of one of those, uh, law of averages for me. I see mm-hmm. a lot of good landing spots. I see a lot of quarterbacks that have liked their previous tight ends and don't have one currently or yeah. went to a new team that didn't have one. And I, I think this is a year we see some rookie tight ends actually give you something in fantasy this year. I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, top five or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. if you can get one of these guys, and like Tom said, I have more of these on our list and we'll get to them. Yeah. I think this might be the year. (laughs) I'll go on a little bit of a limb saying I'm okay with drafting some rookie tight ends this year. Yeah, that's okay. I don't have any problem with that. If you, if you see something in somebody, Hey, you got to go with it. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's just where I am on the tight ends. No big deal. And your number 10 is a trio of people. Yeah. <laughs> and I, do, I like the way you did this because it's definitely kind of an all or nothing deal. <laughs> and we're talking about Kyler Murray, Andy Isabella, and Hakeem Butler. Oh, yeah. Or me. Um, <laughs> so why don't you tell us why you have them at number 10? Well, for landing spots, it just seems like they're all going to be together and they're going to be working through this offense together for a long time. They're going to figure this out, Uh, whether or not this is a landing spots for this year, or if it's a future dynasty type of thing, because they, they're, they're young. They got a lot of time to develop together. That's basically the reason I put them on my list. I didn't have to, because it just, that's why I put them at 10. Like, I'm not going to put them anywhere else but right there. If I was going to leave them off, then I would have left them off. But, yeah, that's just because they got a lot of um, work to do to get some chemistry together, and if they can do that, I feel like that's going to be pretty good. Yeah, if they can develop a chemistry, that will be a heck of an arsenal arsenal for Kyler Murray to use. Oh, yeah. And, and if he can they have that air attack, uh, David Johnson could be another sneaky guy. I know I've been saying David Johnson for <laughs> two years well, who else, now. but For Isabella and Butler, who else better to learn from than Fitzgerald? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that guy is a class act in every way, and he's a great – one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. And this is, it's just a good landing spot for all three of them in my eyes. And I think the Cardinals did really, really well. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. It, it's either going to be a bunch of learning curves and hiccups along the way. And mm-hmm. the first year may not be very profitable in fantasy, but if they can keep their coach for more than a couple of years, and stick together and learn together (laughs) and Larry Fitzgerald actually gets through to them those young guys sometimes Mm -hmm. you know them young guys they don't want to listen to anybody I'm the best I'm a freak athlete I don't need to listen to nobody hopefully that's not the case (laughs) that's that's where I actually think even if you have that attitude Larry Fitzgerald is just such a good guy that he can get through to anybody. That's just my uh, humble opinion on him. I, if I don't he know can't, how. Then nobody he can. <laughs> exactly. That's that's true. That's exactly the point. All right. Uh, let's go to number nine. I have wide receiver Terry McLaurin, who got drafted mm-hmm. by Washington. And the only reason I have him on this list right now is because he was reunited with his college quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Right. So. Right. He's going to be a favorite target right off the bat. It doesn't matter who yeah. else is already in Washington. Josh Doxson, 
he hasn't proven anything. Paul Richardson right. hasn't proven anything. Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis at tight end. Who knows what Dwayne Haskins is going to look to, but he knows Terry McLaurin. That's so true. he's going to be looking his way, even if it's terrible quarterback play out of Dwayne <laughs> Haskins. And it's still not set in stone that he's even going to be the starter there, but I have a feeling he's going yeah, to get the opportunity over Case Keenum. So, Yeah, at some point he will be. I, I don't mind this pick. Um they need the Redskins needed a lot. They still they still need at least some luck at least to, to to come their way. But they address some of their issues and some of their needs in the draft. And I actually think that yes, they're going to be inexperienced and they still need some work to be done. But this is kind of just like my last one with all three of my guys that I put on my number two is like if these guys can click together, it can be a very good landing spot for the both of them. Yep. And your number nine. I'm just going to say this right now. It is either the best landing spot or the worst landing spot. So why don't you tell us who it is? It's Daryl Henderson. Um, listen, I don't trust that Gurley. The, the fact that the Rams got Daryl Henderson is, is the reason that I put him on my list. Yep. Uh, just They are worried about Todd Gurley. That is just plain and simple. And, I really think that this is this is just the best. Uh, I don't. That's why I put him at nine, because it, it like you said, it could be the worst, could be the it could be the best. So it's just a it's it's tough. But I think that if Gurley has any signs of any type of knee injury at all, they're going to shut him down. They're going to shut him down, and Henderson's going to be on the spotlight. Yep, Daryl Henderson is a guy. A lot of people were saying was the best running back in the draft. There's a lot of people yeah. that could say it about a few of them, but I heard it a lot about Daryl Henderson. Then I saw him go to the Rams. I'm like, mm -hmm. you guys still think that about that's him. A, it's a huge sign. It's, oh, yeah. It really is, and that's why I had to put him on my list. Yep, I I can't fault you for that one. I wanted to put him on here, but I, I – no, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what else to say. We'll probably talk about him again next week. And while I'm on the subject of next week, we will be recording uh, earlier yeah. in the week. We will be recording on Tuesday nights, so the episodes will be out Wednesdays at the very latest, more than likely Tuesday nights. So you'll have more time during the work week to download us and listen to us. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. But yes, uh, <laughs> next week we are going to be doing our top 10 worst landing spots. And I have a feeling mm -hmm. we may talk about Daryl Henderson again next week on my <laughs> list, but we'll find out next week. That, hey, it's, it's the worst and the best, like you said. Yep. So there you go. Okay, moving on to number eight. I have Debo Samuel, drafted mm -hmm. by the San Francisco 49ers. I just have a feeling Marquise Goodwin is basically done as a wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Dante Pettis, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, San Francisco also draft, uh, drafted, uh, I believe it was Jalen Hurd, so they took a couple of wide receivers, yep. which is not yep. showing much confidence in who they have. And exactly. Jimmy Garoppolo's got to find somebody. He really hasn't had anybody to get a rapport with, so maybe Debo. Yeah. I mean, he's on my list, but I'm not going to tell you where he's at. But All right. <laughs> well, he's just... 
we can get to it later yes. if you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it when okay. we get him on your side since we both have all right, all right. Uh Your number eight is a guy I want to put on the list, but because of my <laughs> stupid fandom, I didn't know what I wanted to do with Miles Sanders. Yeah, um, it's tough because I, I debated whether or not I should put him on here or not um, because of Jordan Howard. That's the only reason I didn't want to put him on there. Um, but I think there's going to be some comp- competition there between uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. And I think it's it's actually going to be a little bit more of a pretty good one-two punch. Um, I think, I think uh, there was nobody else on that team that's going to take that that second punch. And I think, I think they should just clear every single on Philly. They should just clear everybody else out say, these are the two guys we want. And I think eventually Miles Sanders will uh, take over the role. I don't, this is another one. That's a dynasty type of thing. You kind of want to wait and see, because Jordan Howard's going to have a pretty decent role still, but I think there's going to be some competition there. And I think eventually Sanders will take that job. I think you're, Pretty spot on there. Uh, I believe it's <laughs> at least for this year, you're not going to want any Philadelphia running backs on your yeah, fantasy I agree squad. With yeah. So it doesn't matter if he is the number two or even if he takes over at number one, he's going to be a spot play at best. But I believe that's good for the Eagles as a team. They're right. going to have a lot of fresh legs. Jordan Howard's not old. Miles Sanders is a rookie. Corey Clement, if he can come back and stay healthy, is still very young. So yeah. There's a lot of He's young, a, yeah. fresh legs on that team. But fantasy-wise, I'm staying away unless you're in a dynasty league and you can keep him on your right. taxi squad. Right, right, right. I completely agree with you. I put him on there basically because of dynasty. Right. And yeah. I, I, we didn't really discuss about landing spots for like if it was for this year if it was for a dynasty so I yeah went, it's still early <laughs> most people are probably thinking dynasty at this particular moment but yeah. the drafts are picking up we'll probably uh do another one and specify later on down the road but we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about both aspects today uh number seven I have my second tight end on the list, and mm-hmm. that is TJ Hawkinson, and I probably would have put him on this list no matter where he landed. I think he is just a great overall blocking and catching tight end that he's going to find a way to get the ball, and the Lions need a red zone target. They thought they had it in Eric Ebron, but apparently they didn't know how to use him, so... <laughs> They needed somebody else. Maybe TJ Hawkinson is the guy. I, I can't see him being held down this year. He just looks really good. Yeah, well, in the Lions, they actually said that he's going to have an immediate impact. So that is one reason you can say this is a great landing spot. I mean, they already have trust in this guy, and they he's going to be used. So if you're looking for a tight end and you're looking for something late or whatever it is for this year, Hawkinson's not a terrible choice. Nope, he sure isn't. I know he's probably going to be going very high in our flag draft. I've had multiple people ask me about him that I know already. I'm not going to say who because they probably (laughs) trusted me to not say anything about it, but I know there's at least three people that want to take him in the first round. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, TJ Hawkinson, your number seven is a guy – I don't really care for. Right. I understand that too. <laughs> but here's the reason I have him, and it's in Kill Harry. I have him at number seven. The reason I have him here is because 
I, I, I worry about him a little bit in that the fact that they might not integrate him on the Patriots offense for a couple years, but I am almost more worried about Demarius Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. So if, if Demarius Thomas isn't going to be what they want him to be, I think in kill Harry is uh, the guy that's going to step up and take over that role. And if he can, that could be just ginormous. And that's why he's on my list. If he can take over that spot, it's going to be insane, I think. And I think that you're going to see um, – I don't think it, it takes any effect in Edelman. If it did, it would just be the slightest little bit. But it's it's the Damaris Thomas effect that I could see making Inkel Harry the, the guy to go to for the future for the Patriots. And maybe that was the whole reason the Patriots signed Demarius Thomas was they had a feeling they were going to draft a wide receiver – high yeah. and they wanted yep. as much veteran leadership to bring yeah. him along as possible which that's the main reason I don't like him at least for this year and then right. going and, forward <laughs> who knows if Tom Brady is going to be his quarterback so that's another that is that a I big had. I was considering that too I was like well when I, then I said well Tom Brady's going to play until he's 50 so it's gonna <laughs> he'll be fine yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> nobody in the world in their right mind can guess what's going to happen with Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. So let's just right. stop and just assume they're never going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing you can do that might actually yeah. be right. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to our sixth best landing spot. And I know you've got this guy higher on your list. I wanted mm-hmm. to put him higher it just, I'm not 100% sure with that team, and I'm talking about the Oakland Raiders, what mm-hmm. is going to happen with their offense. So, of course, I'm talking about Josh Jacobs, who right. I thought may have ended up on a different team, but he did land in Oakland where we kind of thought he would when we were talking draft last week. And obviously that is the absolute best possible landing spot for Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Especially now that the news has come out that Isaiah Crowell has <laughs> tore his ACL or no, it was Achilles. I think it was, wasn't it? And yeah, it was yeah, Achilles. So now he has even less mouths to feed in Oakland. They did re-sign Doug Martin. I saw whatever yeah. Chris Warren, whatever Jalen Richard, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> My only issue that, makes me not put him higher is can Oakland put together an offense this year and keep it because I'm I'm just not I'm not sure they're all going to be on the same page this year well I mean I don't want to go too far into Josh Jacobs because he's on my list and I have him considerably higher than you but (laughs) um I just I I feel like there's going to be something there with him, so we'll get to it in a little bit. Okay, uh, your number six is a guy who definitely went to the right team. They needed yeah. wide receivers badly, but I guess I'll let you explain your reasoning for Marquise Brown at number six. Marquise Brown at number six, <laughs> he's going to be an immediate starter. I almost guarantee you, yep. week one, he's the starter. And I, I 
I like what the Ravens did in the draft. I mean, if you just listen to my last shuffling the deck, you know that he's extremely fast, and they got two other guys that are really fast and on offense. And it's just going to be. I think. I think that both him and Boykin are going to be decent. I don't know much about Boykin as far as how much they're going to integrate him into the offense. I think he'll be in there as well because they just don't have that much. So Marquise Brown to me, instant starter going to have plenty of value. That's why he is my number six. I almost put Boykin on my list only because he's Mm -hmm. a bigger boxing out type of receiver that I thought maybe he didn't, or Lamar Jackson wouldn't have to be as accurate to get him the ball. That's very but possible. Marquise we'll Brown happens. is so fast. They're probably going to run bubble screens and reverses with him that it might, they'll play to his strengths and they'll play to Lamar Jackson's strengths. If they don't, yes. they're stupid. Yep. So, <laughs> well, well, we could see, I could see that too. I could see that them be, could be stupid and try to do stuff that they shouldn't be doing. But yeah, I think that the very good possibility. They drafted a bunch of speed for a reason. Oh, it's so. going to be <laughs> there's yeah. going to be some Baltimore Ravens offensive highlights this year. <laughs> it may not result in a winning record right away, but we are right. going to see some sick plays. Marquise mm-hmm. Brown doing something so far down the field, Lamar Jackson spinning around, running around for 15 seconds. And then another guy <laughs> they drafted that I know you like, Justice Hill, he's yeah. got speed all over the place too. So there's going to be some, oh, he's down in the huddle. Oh, my God, he broke free. He's gone. Nobody's going to catch. Like, it's going to be, yeah, highlight city, but I don't know yeah. if it's going to result in wins. So we'll find out. Yeah, we will find out about that. All right, number five for me is another guy you have a little bit higher on your list. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is Paris Campbell, obviously mm-hmm. a great landing spot if you can be a wide receiver and land where Andrew Luck is throwing the football. It's a good yep. spot. No matter who yep. you are, if you can ball out on the field, Andrew Luck will find a way to get you the ball. A great compliment to T.Y. Hilton, which now kind of – tempers my expectations on Devin Funches a little bit mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll get some more from you since he's a little bit higher but give me a little something right now uh just this is a great spot to be honest I mean he's that we don't have to go into mine that much because you just basically said everything <laughs> I was going to say but I mean it's just it's just a really good spot you got Andrew Luck and Funches is just it just doesn't look good and I just it's just it's a perfect spot for him and it's really more it's more dynasty than it is this year but it's still gonna be this year that's why i have him as high as i do we'll find out when we only get there i I do think paris campbell will be really good in a best ball type format i think he's gonna have some i agree with that single games but over the course of the season he's not going to be uh fantasy fuel consistent that we approve of. I, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I really do. And it was more the dynasty aspect that put him hot, so high on my list. Sure, sure. Uh, your number five was my number eight. We were talking mm-hmm. about Debo Samuel again. All right, explain your case. It's just another guy I could see starting week one. I mean, you kind of said it when you were talking about it too. Uh, the 49ers don't have a ton of wide, wide receivers, so that <laughs> – that they can rely on. Yes. I mean, that's just basically what I said the first time. But um, I think it's going to be Pettis and Debo Samuel. I really do. And I think that 
he's he's gonna be he's gonna be uh, a force to be reckoned with at some point in the near future on this team because they need wide receivers and I think he is a good fit there. All right, sounds good. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving along to number four, my third tight mm-hmm. end on my mm-hmm. list in the year of the rookie tight end. I'm hoping. Josh Oliver from Jacksonville. Yeah. And when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, yeah. And then I almost forgot. I don't know how it would have slipped my mind, but I almost forgot that Jacksonville has Nick Foles. And Nick Foles Mm -hmm. does like his tight ends. I know there Mm -hmm. was like the first couple of games when he came in for Wentz, Zach Ertz didn't get much. But then there were games where Zach Ertz had like 12 catches from Nick Foles. He does throw to his tight end. So new team, new quarterback, new tight end. It could just work out in Nick Foles' favor. Uh, that's very possible. And it's funny you say that with the Nick Foles because I was going to bring up that I've heard a lot of comparisons of Oliver to Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. So and it does make sense um, because, hey, if, if, this, if Zach Ertz can be good with Nick Foles, then there's no reason to think that Nick Foles can't make uh, Josh Oliver an extremely good tight end too. But again, it's a rookie tight end. <laughs> but these, it's just, it's, it's just, it's really difficult for me in that aspect. But I hear you're out, and I, <laughs> I think there's a good possibility there. Yep, I, I like the matching. Um, again, it will all play out, and we will see. I hope I'm right because yeah. I really do. It, it just it struck a chord when I put it all together and remembered that Nick Foles was in Jacksonville and he wasn't my backup quarterback. I'm like, oh, he's he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna like this guy. Uh huh. All right, number four for Mister Tuttle is one the guy that just kept slipping in the draft. Mm-hmm. I, I I just got to tell a quick story about this. Yeah, sure. I went to go see uh, Avengers Endgame on yep. Friday night. And I went with my buddy who is a Seattle Seahawks fan and we're watching the draft. You know, we got in early cause we wanted to get decent seats. So we're just sitting there. We're watching the draft on our phone and the Seahawks, they traded back. He's like, what is going on? Oh, they could have had DK Metcalf right there. And then the Eagles pick comes along and I'm like, Oh my God, are we going to get DK Metcalf? That could be interesting. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. we took JJ Arcega Whiteside, which I'm sure we will talk about. And I was happy with that after reading a little bit more about him. Like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. Oh, well, yep. we didn't take DK Metcalf. And another team took a wide receiver. And another team took a wide receiver, but it wasn't DK Metcalf. Then the movie started, so we stopped watching the draft. <laughs> We got out of the movie, and he looks at me. He's like, oh, my God, we still got DK Metcalf at the end of the round. I'm like, that is insane. You traded back and still got the guy you wanted. So, number four for Tom, DK Metcalf. (laughs) Yes. um, I had so much to say on that. Um, No, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) You, You basically said everything just by telling me that story because everybody knows that Metcalf was the best at the combine. He his numbers were amazing, and that was basically what made me fall in love with him. Um, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not gonna say they needed a wide receiver, but they kind of did. <laughs> it's oh, kind of they did because inter- I don't. I don't think Doug Baldwin is gonna see right. another down in the NFL. 
there's a very good possibility of that. So you know that it's going to be Russell Wilson and Metcalf, and I I think that I could have put them higher on my list. I just was just like I, I gotta I gotta be sure about yeah. this before I do it. <laughs> so I think he's going to be a superstar at some point, and this is a dynasty type of look at Red Him right now. I think that I've heard comparisons to. Um, Kelvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's just this: if you get compared to him, you're going to be a Megatron. You're, it's 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 just a freak. Yep. And that's what I think. And I think he's just going to be a superstar in the league. I hope so because I've been man crushing on him for a little while now. <laughs> yes, you have. All right, my number three is my fourth and final tight end. No, I do not have. <laughs> More than four tight ends. That's a lot for yeah. this list. But again, it's the year of the rookie tight end. I'm saying it right now. I'm saying yeah, it loud. Yeah. I'm saying it proud. Noah Fant, mm-hmm. Denver Broncos. As soon as he went there, I was like, oh, I like, I like a yeah. lot. Yep. Not that Denver has a great offense, and they did take Drew Locke. They got him late. They didn't have to use an early pick on him, so that was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So that means Joe Flacco gets to start at least this year. Maybe they bring Drew Locke along for a couple of years. They don't have a lot invested yeah. in him, so they can give him time to develop. And my goodness, Joe Flacco loves his tight ends. When he was in Baltimore, whoever was out there for tight end was getting the ball. Now, I don't know 100% if that was because they didn't have much for wide receiver while he was there except for Steve Smith, <laughs> but... <laughs> His tight ends got the ball, so I really, really love that fit. Yeah, if I had to pick one tight end to put in my top ten, it would be Noah Fant. Um, I really like him. There's no doubt. I mean, Jake Butts, nobody. Uh, Fumagalli's nothing that mm, I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he was going to be something, but if yeah, this this would be the guy that if I would I would put in my top ten if I felt like. I could do that with tight ends because I really believe that he is, he's going to be the next, uh, I don't want to say it, but it, it feels right to say that he's going to be the next Gronkowski. Ooh, boy, that's that's some big shoes to it's fill there. The, the I, problem, I'm talking rookie tight ends. You're talking no, Hall no, of on. Fame tight end here. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the, the problem is, it, and I would say the next Gronkowski, if he was on, a slightly different team. Like I just don't believe in the Broncos to, I mean, it could be successful. I just don't know if it's going to be Gronk successful. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, we've got uh, one more new name on our lists and then the rest we've half mentioned. And some of us have talked, uh, the last new name for your number three is Nicole Hardman. Again, I don't know how to say his first name. I haven't heard anybody say it yet. I I think it's McCole. That's what I was going to say, so yeah. we're going to go with that. McCole Hardman, wide receiver, Kansas City. Explain yourself. It's pretty simple explain. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's not much of a better landing spot for any wide receiver because Tyreek Hill and his issues just leads to Hardman's success. This, I don't think Hill's going to play another game, another snap. I don't really know, but it's, it's tough to, to foresee. But they obviously, the Kansas City, have suspended him for now, and that means 
they went out and drafted a guy because they needed to get some other receiver other than Sammy Watkins, who's been very hurt for his entire career. So this is just a great spot for him. And listen, it's it's Kansas City's dynamic offense with Patrick Mahomes. This is just this could be huge for Hardman. I will weigh in in just a minute on Michael Hardman. <laughs> yep. That means we're moving along to number two. I've got DK Metcalf there. I've already told you my story. He kept slipping, and he ended up with mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, who's just made a monster of a deal. So he's going to yeah. have his quarterback there for the next, for the length of his entire rookie contract, which was only four years because he wasn't a first rounder. But the chemistry there could be amazing. We know Russell Wilson can scramble around and make plays with his legs. And DK Metcalf has got all the intangibles necessary. I mean, yeah. every single one of them to block out a guy. He is, he's a monster. If you just look mm-hmm. at him compared to some other guys, he is, he's a freak athlete. And Russell Wilson is going to like having him there. I don't know what else to say. He's got uh, Tyler Lockett, you know, speedster on one side, and then DK Metcalf, who you alluded to, has been compared to Calvin Johnson. And if you've got Calvin Johnson on one side and a guy that you just had a perfect passer rating to the year before on the other side, <laughs> it gives me little tingles. And we know our buddy Asa, the Seattle Seahawks fan, oh, yeah. was yep. just, he was high-fiving me in the theater after the show. And it wasn't because he was so happy with Endgame. <laughs> Everybody's turning around. Well, he really liked that movie. Yeah. Wow. Even He high-fived me over somebody else. There was somebody sitting in between us. <laughs> Well, there you go. That is all the reason you need to be happy about where DK Metcalf landed. So <laughs> yeah. moving on to Tom's number two, we've, I talked about him at number five, Paris Campbell. Yeah. Um, you said everything uh, when you talked about him, which is fine. But like I said, it's just a tremendous spot for him. And I really, really believe that he's going to have a lot of success more so in the future than this than this year but i think this is going to be a perfect perfect spot all right why don't you do your number one first before i do mine yeah my number one is josh jacobs um listen there's nothing else to say rather than he's going to be the guy i don't believe it's going to be martin he's it's just not going to happen it's going to be josh (laughs) jacobs they drafted this guy it's a perfect landing spot what else can you say? It's the Ra- the Raiders are going to do this. It, it, like you said, I was going to bring this up, but it, it was uh, it, you got Isaiah Crowell gets injured. Now it's even better. This is just the best thing for Josh Jacobs, and I think that if you are playing fantasy football and you have the number one pick, it's going to be Josh Jacobs. And if it's not Josh Jacobs, then you better figure out a way to get that number two pick because I'm telling you, he's going to be the guy. It's really the only real running back in this class that I can see being the number one running back on the team right now. Yeah, it's if you don't want Josh Jacobs right now, and you have the number one pick, you'll be able to trade it now. I mean, we were talking yeah. 
Yep. You know, during the draft, even before the draft, like, I just don't know if I had the number one pick, I wouldn't want it anymore. I would want it a little more now with Josh Jacobs, but if you're still on the fence with him, you'll be able to trade that number one pick now. I about guarantee you, you can get oh, yeah. out of it and get some value, get a couple of, you know, mid to late firsts or something and, you know, stack your roster a little different way. But the number <laughs> one pick now actually has more value after the draft than it did before. No, no doubt. I mean, to me, it's the consensus number one. And that's the thing. Number one is to me, I don't want to say astronomically higher than the, than the number two, but there's a pretty decent gap there. Yep. And my number one landing spot, much mm-hmm. like what you said earlier is Nicole Hardman. I, yep. There is no better spot for him. He's kind of a Tyreek Hill clone. Yeah, uh, I didn't know a lot about him before the draft, but if the Chiefs are willing to put their faith in him, then there must be something there because he's going to get on the field. They don't have a lot other than Sammy Watkins and obviously right. Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey oh, yeah. is not taking away from McCole Hardman's uh, looks. It's going to be right. he's going to be running those bubble screens and the same things that. Uh, Tyreek Hill was going to be, he may even be back there on punt returns and those kinds of things. And while we're on the subject of the Kansas City Chiefs, I just wanted to bring up something I saw earlier today that just, I could do another cringeworthy bump right now (laughs) because, you know, obviously we talked about it during the draft because it happened last week. Uh, The recordings that came out about Tyreek Hill and his whatever i don't know who, i don't even know what their relationship is anymore uh crystal espinal their audio it was terrible just terrible listening to that now apparently his side of things have uh included a text message exchange between the two of them oh and I'm going to read this to you, but before I do, I am just going to tell you, and everything that I have read, everybody's response to it is exactly the same. And I came out like, wait a second, these aren't the same two people that I heard in the audio. These aren't the same two people that I have seen in the past have issues with one another. Here is the two response. Uh, exchange between Tyreek Hill and Crystal Espinal. Tyreek says, Crystal, you know I didn't cause any bruising or harm to, and it's probably redacted, our son, probably his name, but for some reason I still may be charged. And Crystal responds, I know you didn't. I did. I hurt our son. I'm the one that did it. I was hurt and mad at you, so I blamed you for everything. What? Does that sound like the same two people that we heard last week? (laughs) <laughs> the what was who's claiming that that was what was said uh crystal said i know you didn't hurt him i did i hurt our son i'm the one that did it i was hurt and mad at you so i blamed you for everything this I mean, looks we like know that s- that is that true this so is I don't... this is my take on the whole thing and it is okay. basically the same take that i have seen on twitter on reddit on facebook everywhere everybody's like they just staged this. There is zero chance yeah. both of these people even know how to form complete sentences when they text <laughs> each other for real. 
guaranteed they don't yeah. use this kind of language when they actually text each other. So while this, if it were true, that would pretty much get Tyreek Hill off the hook. Well, but you would think so, yeah. I don't think anybody <clears throat> is going to fall for this. <laughs> it's, I mean, these are text messages that were released by who? It was given to the NFL in their investigation by Tyreek's side of things. I don't know if it was a lawyer or somebody like that, but it was given to the NFL by Tyreek. And to try and we, clear his name. Do we know? I see. I have some questions. Do we know if the the text messages were actually from? Do they have the telephone numbers I, sitting in front of that them? That is not. It was included in a letter to the NFL. So it was text okay. messages. I don't think they actually uh, gave over the you know the records the records from the right. phone company of any kind yet that I know of. If there's records, that's going to be pretty <laughs> pretty it, convincing to well, a certain extent. It depends on when this took place, too. Yeah. I mean, and then what were the messages before and after? If it was, you know, some slang talking about, I'm going to go to the store and get some fried chicken. Crystal, you know I didn't cause any bruising or harm. To, uh, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I swear, it just looks staged and i think he is trying to pull a fast one and do whatever he can to try and get away from paying for his mistakes yeah well his paying for his mistakes is going to be not playing in the nfl yep 100 percent because that's he's already had the prior this is it plus this one could be i mean you you harm a child in any way and if, if that's proven I don't think he plays anymore, but I mean, who Adrian Peterson's still playing, so yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he didn't break his kid's arm, but no, but he, I mean, the the lashes and whatnot. I mean, that's pretty. It was not hard good. To watch, hard to see. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Nicole Hardman's a good pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, to top the head all off. Uh, yeah, so there there goes uh, our top ten. Best landing spots, and again, I said next week we'll do our top ten worst landing spots, some guys that maybe you should stay away from because it's not looking pretty for mm. some of those guys. Yeah. But we'll tell you again next Tuesday, mm. Tuesday night we'll be recording. I should get it out sometime shortly after that, and it will be good to go Wednesday morning on your commute to work, <laughs> I'm hoping. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, that being said, uh, you can find us all over the place. FantasyFuelPodcast.com is the first place you can see us. You can listen to us there. You can find out all our social medias, which are Facebook.com slash FantasyFuel or the Stardom and Sidham page on Facebook, which, again, everything's in the show notes. All you got to do is swipe <laughs> a little over or scroll a little further down, and all those links are there for your viewing pleasure. You can find us at Twitter, at Fantasy Fuel. And, of course, we can't go by an episode right now without mentioning Pole Sports. And mm -hmm. that's going to be a very cool app. I mean, right now actually would be a great time for it, but we're still waiting, patiently yeah. waiting, yep. getting this thing. It's going to get ironed out, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to give you real-time stats. If you're asking stardom 
sit them questions, waiver questions. Should I make this trade? Should I pick up this guy? You punch it in. You are part of a community and you give your input and then you can ask for input. Mm -hmm. I think it is a great relationship builder there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I know I talk about it every week, but I'm, I'm excited for when this gets going, it's going to be very cool. Um, Is there anything you would like to add at the end of our show, Mr. Tuttle? I don't think so. I think today I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. I got a headache. (laughs) It's all these rookies are giving me a headache. Oh, yeah, they will for a little while. <laughs> all right. One last thing. If you're on YouTube, please click that subscribe button if you enjoy watching us and that little bell to give you notifications when a new video arises. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, that would be a great place to you know, give us a rating. You know, it doesn't have to be five stars. If you don't think we're five star worthy, that's fine. But any rating will do. Give us a little mm-hmm. review. Tell us how we're doing. We love the feedback, and if you want to uh, contact us via email, or uh, not email, well, you can email at fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com, but I was going for phone <laughs> number, and it didn't come out right. That phone number <laughs> is 608-492-3443. Rookies, rookies, rookies. It's going to be the talk for the next how long, and again, mm-hmm. like I said, we're going to do top 10 worst landing spots next week so only a few days away (laughs) but don't forget to stay fueled up this offseason